This is the time, this is the place, and this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since everything is geeky, if you love it enough, you never know what you're gonna get. I am your host, IMC. And this week, we welcome Paul Laporte, board game designer, to talk about his game, Book It, and his experience with the crowdfunding site, Kickstarter. After that, stick around for our upcoming events and our question of the week. In the studio with me today, cat lover aficionado and lover of great music, Mr. Billy DeTori. And very tired human being. Yeah, I know that feeling right now. Exhaustion is a thing. So, I'm here. <clears throat> I'm glad to see it. Me too. <laughs> now, what's got you so tired? I don't know. I just, I, well, I do know, and it's embarrassing. I <laughs> ate way too much last night, and my stomach hurt all night, so I didn't sleep well. Okay, Aww. see, that's legit. <laughs> I, I had... Oh, um, my daughter uh, finished off the last performance of her high school career last night. She was the tech crew at the Aquinas uh, Drama Club there. for They did their show Into the Woods this time around. And uh, she was the manager of Deck Left. So Ooh, she was fancy. excited about that. Uh, but we had the cast party at my house last night. 30, 35 screaming teenagers. Ugh, and I'm a variety sorry. of parents and adults that would stop in to keep an eye on things. Now, I, I was clever enough to clean out my attic and put some Christmas lights mm-hmm. up there, so I create, made a great hangout space two floors above. So when they when they were done eating like a plague mm-hmm. of locusts, they all migrated up, and they had a grand old time, and Jules just had the best time ever, and she was so happy. Oh, and great. that was the payoff pitch. Um, but, man, I'm telling you, when the last one left at, like, 2 in the morning... And then a couple stayed to do a, a, a sleepover with Jules. And so, you know, I wake up and there's girls all strewn about mm-hmm. my living room. And it wasn't a spring break thing. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was a very long day getting yeah. ready for that. But it was worth it. Just yeah. the, the kids had a great time, so that was worth it. Oh, good. And one little tip. If yes. you eat an order of wings and a bowl of spaghetti meatballs, you don't need a piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate cake helpful. is never a need. Helpful safety tip. Thank you, Egon. Uh, and uh, also with us, producer Sherry is on board today. Hello, hello, young lady. Good to see you again. Hello, hello, hello. Love it when you make the trip in and hang out with us. Me too. It's it's so much easier to be able to talk to you to your face. I agree. It is. And it's a nice face. And, it, well, it is. It is it a is lovely so face. It is so challenging <laughs> over the phone. It, it is. is. It really is. Mm-hmm. It is so difficult whether she's driving or just sitting there and things like that <laughs> there's like so much feedback because we tried talking to her yesterday yeah and it's it's tough and the speaker trying to like she can't hear half of us and we yeah. can't hear half of her yeah. and then we were trying to figure out what all the feedback was and we're like hey, mm-hmm. can, can she hear us and it really it sounded on my end and, and monk can uh, attest to this it sounded like there was a ton of extra conversation going on yeah uh, around like everybody was talking about something else and only, yeah, well, and only dan and um and Anne were talking to us and you guys were all talking to each other and we could barely hear anything that's what it that sounded was like what the whole rest of the meeting was like anyway mm-hmm. so and it was just like uh yeah it, it, it's it's challenging and that voice is of course the greatest co-host in radio history miss tanya mattress nice this, to see there, you again this here. is what there was a lot yep. of this going on we had a board meeting yesterday. last night yesterday and there's so many more notes, and I don't even understand half my notes and things like that. And I'm not going to. You be... don't understand your own notes? Is that what you're saying, Tanya? I'm just, yeah. I'm okay. like, and I have notes on a piece of paper, too. And uh-huh. I'm doing emails this morning. So uh-huh. if I'm a little quieter today, it's because I'm I'm working for the, the other stuff. We still love you, honey. To get it's ready okay. for, the, for the other podcast and uh-huh. last minute emails. And I never looked to see what kind of signs that we had back at home to, after. I know. We'll work I got it all more out. stuff to do. We've got two weeks. 
It'll be fine. No, we have we'll less than two weeks. Out. We will what? figure it out. What's the thing? What's all right? We don't need. It's not important right now, is it? It's not because I'm going to go to my left now, and on my immediate left is the bouncing baby girl herself. Hello, monkey girl. Hello. There she is. How you doing, Alana? I'm good. Are we having fun yet? I'm always having fun she when is, I'm here. <laughs> she is a bundle of fun when she walks in the door. That's it. She is the. Uh, she is fun. She is fun size. <laughs> She is the size of fun. She's what giant are you fun talking size? about? This is the true size of fun right here. Is Alana. Five foot nine is the true size of I'm fun. I'm not that well, tall. Well, you know, this, you these little dinky tall. chocolate bars, that's not fun. Okay. Alana I... is fun. <laughs> especially, when, especially when she's all geared out and she's doing roller derby and she comes around and she just cross checks somebody across the back of the head, lays them out, and she's like, yay, I'm so awesome. And yes, you are. <laughs> Lana's going, I can't do that. That's illegal. Exactly. <laughs> no, you should have seen her at practice on oh, Thursday. Yeah. She was so good. She was doing so good. And she's uh-huh. just teaching all the younger. the young. Well, she's not- passing on her knowledge. She's becoming a Jedi Master. She is. She That's amazing. Is. And at the far uh, end of this semicircle. Hello there. Mr. Tony <laughs> Baquetta. He's on, the, he's on the lame mic today. I am. Uh, so if uh, I get in on a there. quiet... I'll, uh, you guys know why. Tanya, what was <laughs> what was that instruction you gave to Tony before we started recording? He's fired. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make love. Make love to that, that microphone. microphone. Get in on that. I told you, we're just really good friends. <laughs> yeah, well, you need to become better friends with friends, that. Friends with benefits. Friends with benefits. That's a thing. So here we are. We're doing a thing. So we're going to have um, Paul Laporte, and he's going to be calling in. We're going to yes. have him on the phone, We're have him on the and phone. that's going to be in a couple of minutes. Uh, and he's designed the board game Book It, and he did this through crowdfunding. He did it through Kickstarter is what you're saying. Yes, he did. All Book right. It, the wrestling promoter card game. The wrestling promoter card game. Okay, yes. that sounds vaguely. I think I want to play this. I think you do. <laughs> and he has donated, he has kindly donated his game to us for our play and win table oh. at... FC3. So right. we will have a series of games that if you play it, you will then be eligible to be entered into a drawing to win that game. And this is going to be one of the ones that we're going to be showcasing. That is outstanding. Okay, yeah. so that's cool. So you, my dear listener, will be have a chance to, uh, to screw around with that when you get an opportunity to see us in a, uh, in a very short amount of time mm-hmm. uh, at the Blue Cross uh-huh. Arena. <laughs> Yeah, Tanya was like, she's like ready to correct me on the number of days. I'm like, no, no short no, amount no. of time. No, no, like, it was, it was your, your phrasing. Phrasing? Yes. I don't understand. Yeah. Did I'm... you catch it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. What, what, what did I do? Did you screw around with us? That's a problem? <laughs> well, maybe not for you. No, come on. Very open and accepting anyway. We're, We're gonna... all friends here. Yes. Very, very good friends. <laughs> okay. So to let you all know, right. Tony's at the other end of the studio, far, far away from the rest of us. In and a I... galaxy far, far away. And I have to say, this conversation is getting slightly uncomfortable, considering I gave birth to one of the people <laughs> She's at the semicircle. <laughs> so, Tony... Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you for making it awkward. You're <laughs> welcome. Chris helped. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I was just speaking innocently, and you're the ones who twisted everything Liar. around. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least I didn't mention that none of us were wearing pants. That's <laughs> and there you go, folks. See, every so often, it just I get that that I hear the the voiceover at the end of the Dave Letterman show, "Worldwide Pants." Anyway, you um, know, it was. It's funny you say that, Billy. Is that when? My sister Jen and I had an apartment together, mm-hmm. um, and we would have people over, and we would play drinking games. This was back when we were young and stupid and didn't have children yet. <laughs> and uh, 
there was a rule. There was a no pants rule. You couldn't oh, play drinking games in our apartment if you were wearing pants. Wow. So did you wear skirts? Nope. Oh, well, no, you could if you were a guy. Board shorts? You could wear, no, it was underwear. Underwear only. Yep. Drinking games and underwear. Yep. Oh, boy. And yeah, the funny dokey. thing was, it was never with people we wanted to sleep with. <laughs> it was just kind of happened that way. This awkward piece of trivia brought to you by Xlax. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, it's coming out. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or or their, other, their, other, their other motto, this too shall pass. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When oh, we're done, thank God. <laughs> when, we're done, we're, when we're done composing ourselves, we're going to bring on uh, Paul there, and we're going to have ourselves a little fun conversation. Okay, let's get to the brass tacks of it. Launched in April of 2009, Kickstarter is a crowdfunding platform focused on creativity and merchandising. Kickstarter helps artists, musicians, filmmakers, designers, and other creators find the resources and support they need for their ideas, to make their ideas a reality. Uh, Kickstarter has reportedly received more than four billion, that's with a B, in pledges from 15.5 million backers to fund 257,000 creative projects such as films, music, stage shows, comics, journalism, video games, technology, food-related projects, and Jerry Mathers as the beaver. <laughs> Had to do that. It was just a thing. It was leading right into it. People who back Kickstarter projects are offered tangible rewards or experiences in exchange for their pledges. This model traces its roots to subscription model of arts patronage where artists would go directly to their audiences to fund their work. Paul Laporte has an idea for a game and turned to Kickstarter for a way to fund it. Paul launched his campaign on April 5th of 2018 and was fully funded by April 21st. He was supported by 519 backers and is now fully fulfilling their faith in him by putting the, the game Book It, the wrestling promoter card game, into the hands of the people who believed in him. That is awesome. So that's like what? It was like... 15, 20, I can't do math. 16 days. You did it in 16 days. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. That is outstanding. 16 days. I'm going to just kind of like marvel over that. I know some other recent successes in Kickstarter. I've seen some really great projects get a lot of support. So this is kind of cool. But my first question for you, a book it, the wrestling promoter card game. Where did you get the idea for that? So... Uh... I'm uh, I'm the type of guy who can never sit still and, and never do any one thing for any too long, okay. for, for any long period of time. So I get involved in a, a lot of different things. So obviously I've been a pretty avid board gamer, card gamer since I was yeah, a young child, 12 years old probably. Okay. Younger than that, so you know, I've always been kind of very heavily involved and interested in board games and card games. Um, but one of the other things I do is I've been involved in many different facets with independent professional wrestling so this is not like big wwe skill but this is kind of like the more local and regional level i've been involved with a lot of different people who work for those promotions i've worked for some myself mm -hmm. and really i got the idea because i was going out on a camping trip with uh some friends of mine who were independent wrestlers and they're all into board games and card games too and you know when you go on a camping trip you bring some games along and i i just decided like you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and make one. Like, I'm, I'm going to try and, and do one of these on my own. And I've had experience with writing lots of different tabletop role-playing game campaigns and stuff throughout my life. So I'm kind of, you know, I kind of have the, 
idea of what design is like. So I just kind of took some elements of different games I've played throughout the past, kind of mushed them together, tried to bend them to fit the flavor of what it's like to be somebody who's running one of these promotions, which is a perspective that no other card game about wrestling has been before. Usually when it's a wrestling card game, it's I'm a wrestler and you're a wrestler and we're, we're trying to fight each other. But me being on the inside, it's wrestling's a competitor is a cooperative thing. It's not two people competing against each other. It's two people working together, but whether it is competitive is in that business side between all the different promotions that are running. So I wanted to put people in the shoes of that. And um, I threw together a prototype. Everybody really enjoyed it. Uh, I just kind of kept tweaking it and building it here and there. I got hooked up with uh, an artist by the name of Alex Mahoney, who lives in Australia. She's done a lot of merchandise design for a lot of very, very, very well-known independent wrestlers. She loved the idea. She did the artwork for it, and it just kind of gained steam from there. About a year after doing all of that, I decided, hey, let's put this on Kickstarter, put it up, and the rest is history. That is amazing. That is very cool, and congratulations for that. That because I've seen some Thank Kickstarters you. that have gone pretty much nowhere. Uh, so to see that success, that's that's definitely very cool. Uh, so tell us about the game itself. How's it structured? What's the point of it? You know, how's how's the story unfold? You know, what what's the dynamic of it? So the way the game works is, uh, like I mentioned, everybody is a pro wrestling promoter of their own little company. So that's kind of the way it is. It's a, okay. It's an economy management sort of game. Um, so you have money you're trying to come you're trying to take in you have victory points you're trying to get which is in terms of your reputation so those are basically your two different economies the money you make and then how good of a show you're actually putting on mm -hmm. uh, and then you're doing this over the course of six turns each turn you're trying to pay money to sign certain wrestlers to your promotions each wrestler has a couple different stats that represent how much money they're going to make you if you put them on your show, mm -hmm. um, how good of a wrestler they actually are, which will determine how much your reputation increases. So you're doing, you're signing these people, you're trying to um, upgrade uh, your kind of starting guys. So it's, it's a deck building game. Um, so it's very similar to like a Dominion or something like that. Okay. Um, and that you're trying to, you start off with kind of very, very little resources. And then as turns go by, you're getting more and more. Um, the difference between this game and other deck building games like Dominion is that once you've put a wrestler on your show, they kind of go back to the general pool and you get more money and more resources from them, but then you kind of may potentially have to sign them again in a future turns. Your deck doesn't keep getting larger and larger. Your starting pool at the beginning of each turn keeps getting bigger and bigger, and then you're just kind of trying to re-sign everybody again. Gotcha. And then you have to kind of decide what you want to do is if you want to book a promotion that makes a lot of money or book a promotion that is very well liked in terms of the show that they're putting on. And then at the end of the game, the person with the highest reputation wins. It takes place over six turns. Usually a game takes about uh, an hour to an hour and a half. And it's playable from, uh, you can play it solo and it's up to four players. Now do the wrestlers gain and lose points based on, or, or you as a booker, um, Mm -hmm. Is it based on you as a booker being able to promote, say, a mid-card wrestler and bring them to a headline spot? Or do you lose points by a headliner wrestler just not going over and, and losing favor with the audience? So I try to take it from the perspective because I have had a hand of, of kind of arranging these shows before. And when you're booking, in, in reality, kind of that smaller level show – 
nobody really cares about who wins and loses. They care about how good the match itself was. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to uh, sign people with, you know, great ability or great, you know, star power in terms of drawing in money. And then you're trying to put them against people with similar attributes. So you get a bonus to things if you put together two people who have the same work rate. So two people who are on the same level will gel a little bit better together. They'll give you a little bit more reputation. If you put two people against each other who have the same star power, they're considered marketable. People want to see them wrestle each other. So that'll give you a little extra boost to your money. Um, If you put together two people who have the same different style, because there's all types of wrestlers, there's Lucha Libre wrestlers, there's hardcore wrestlers, there's sports entertainment wrestlers and strong style wrestlers. If you put together two people who have the same style, it gives you a little bit more versatility of how you can lay out the rest of your show because they'll be a little bit more willing to work with each other. So it's, it's really more in terms of not the granular wins and losses. It's just how well of an overall show you put together. That's what's going to determine what makes you that money and what brings your reputation up. That's good. Now, do you use like established wrestlers? Do you use like f- people that, that like anybody <laughs> off would know, or do you have you created characters? So the all of the wrestlers in the game are fictional, but they are all inspired by real world people. Sometimes okay, it's one person. Sometimes it's a couple people kind of mashed together. Uh-huh. Um, if you are somebody who knows the, if if you're someone who's familiar with professional wrestling, you will definitely know these people and that's kind of been become a little bit of a game amongst the people who have been you know play testing this game or who, who have been playing it through earlier channels like i put it on tabletop simulator and i've mm-hmm. had a print and play version is you know like who is who like they, they they try and see who can guess how many of them they are and then they'll come to me and be like hey is this person this guy and hey is this is this person this person and then i'll you know tell them yes or no yeah. um but my um, my knowledge of professional wrestling is pretty deep and pretty obscure so <laughs> nice. i don't think anybody's gotten all of them yet oh i think you and billy would definitely have a long conversation ahead of you on that one because he's been following it forever <laughs> the day. now and so you you don't use like the, the the funny names like it's it, it your Hulk Hogan analog is not Bulk Logan or something like you don't do something silly like that you really kind of craft the character and then have you know, kind of like part of the fun is letting see people guess. I mean, there are definitely some callbacks to the wrestlers. Okay. Um, usually, it's either in it's either in the name or it's in the art. It may be both. Some of them are certainly a lot easier to guess than others. Uh-huh. Um, but there, I kind of sprinkle it. I don't make it that that simple to guess gotcha um we actually uh you know we sat down and i sat down with a bunch of my friends and we all kind of wrote down names for each of these different at the time i did play testing cards with all of the real world analogs i sat everybody down and i was like okay i need to come up with names for these people let's all think of a name and then i'm going to select the best ones and then we all did that for all 60 of them and then that's what ended up kind of getting them where they at so like i said there are definitely some that are going to be easier to guess than others especially if you're not you know super familiar with pro wrestling those there's ones that are very surface level but there are some very deep cuts in there too right. now here's here's a question for you before i get some of the logistical questions that sherry wanted me to ask out of the way are you any good at your own game <laughs> i am not the best at my own game <laughs> um i have i do i do have a friend who is who consistently wins um which was one of the you know the interesting things when i was playing is that you know, the, the balance of luck versus skill. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of knew that I was on the right track because my friends who are better at card games and board games overall yeah. tend to do better in this game. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to whoop any newcomer in for sure. Uh, uh-huh. I'm probably 
top five in my game, but I'm not the best um, by any stretch. And uh, I have some friends who have uh, played this game very avidly, probably who have played it more than I have, and that's saying something. That's um, awesome. So but that's awesome. To the, tend to be the best at it. You, yeah. Your game is taking on yeah, a life of its yeah. own at this point. That is so cool. Yeah, and that's another cool thing is that, you know, because I have put this up on Tabletop Simulator and there have been print and plays floating around, there have been different metagames that have developed for different regions. Like, mm-hmm. I'll have people come to me and tell me that this card is awful and this card is broken, and then I'll have another group come to me and tell me this card is awful and this card is broken, but they're opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're really, there's really different, you know, like metagames and styles that have developed for different play groups. So that's another thing that was really encouraging to me was to see people are going into the next level of this and trying to figure out the deeper strategies that go into this because even though you know this does have a very kind of niche theme that it's going around a niche flavor you know obviously Uh if you're a pro wrestling fan you're going to get a lot out of this i do genuinely believe and i built this to be the case that if you are just a person who likes card games or board games you're going to get a lot out of this as well i do think it's a very sound and solid you know strategy game in terms of deck building too very cool put a lot of effort into that now, Sherry, I think we mentioned earlier, we have a copy of it. It's going to be at the show? Yes. In, in April? <clears throat> yes. All right. So, Billy, you interested for a round? Absolutely. Yeah? So, yeah. okay. So, and now, now Paul, I, you're not coming to FC3 yourself. Am I correct in that one? Unfortunately not. Um, I do have a huge, huge convention um, coming up this next weekend of uh-huh. the weekend of the 5th. Okay. Um, in New York City, it's RussellCon, which is actually where right. I launched the game it. last year. And I think one of the reasons that it was so successful um, is because I got a lot of um, buzz down there for that. Good deal. So we're going to be uh, there for that. I'm going to probably be recovering for the following week. <laughs> we're definitely sending some copies to you guys. Sounds good. So um, you're going to have one for the playroom, and I think I'm going to give you guys one to give away as well. That's awesome. Thank you for that, man. I appreciate it. Now, I know Absolutely. Billy, Billy, his thing is wrestling. Yeah, I, I love her. I've been so, watching it since I was a little kid, and yeah. I'm now 53. So. Give or take. Yeah. yeah. I had to think. <laughs> we lose track around 35. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, um, I, I just turned 34 on Friday. So Congratulations, man. Happy belated. How was the birthday? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was awesome. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Good yeah. deal. Um, all right, so let's get to some nuts and bolts, too. We talked about the game, but you know, one of the questions we have, because there's a lot of people in, in our circle of, of influence here that, that are interested in stuff like this, but why did, why did you choose to use Kickstarter in the first place? So I think the reason that I I went with something like Kickstarter, um, number one, I actually had used it before um, prior to doing this. Again, that whole I can't stand still thing. um, I had self-published a couple comic books that were super small scale, like $1,500 projects. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had used Kickstarter, so I was kind of familiar with it already. Um, But it was also just a case of in terms of crowdfunding versus trying to sell this to a publishing company. um, I know that a big company like Fantasy Flight or Z-Man or, or what, you know, one of those larger companies, um, they, number one, I don't know if they would have been interested in it. It's too niche of a product. Number two, if they were interested, they probably would have made too many changes to it that I wouldn't have been happy with, which is, that's their job as a publishing company. That's fine. But I decided that I was just going to open this up for the people who wanted it. They could, they could support it. They could spend their money. They could back it. And if I had enough, then great. Um, if I didn't, then this is just going to be a thing that's going to stay with my friends. But, mm-hmm. 
you know, because I am a one-person show, because I do have a full-time job and other side projects that I do, mm-hmm. I couldn't really go from convention to convention shopping this out to different publishing companies. This is really the only avenue I could have done this through for, for somebody who has my kind of schedule. So gotcha. it was just kind of a natural fit for me. And now it, your your minimum was, was 18000 and as you passed it, did you started adding stretch goals. How did you decide what those stretch goals were going to be? How, does, how did that, that equation work? So I did a lot of research going into before I ever did the campaign. Um, I, if you are somebody who is interested in doing a crowdfunding campaign, whether it's board games or even otherwise, there's a lot of good information there. If you go to Stonemeyer Games, which is the uh, company that made Size, Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The Jamie Stagmeyer, one of the uh, one of the directors there, has like just thousands and thousands and thousands of words on running a Kickstarter campaign and the things you need to do and the research you need to do. And one of the things I looked into was stretch goals and really trying when you're trying to figure out stuff you can add into the game without um, really increasing the cost beyond what it would be. It's it's really just taking. There's a little bit of math you have to do in terms of the copies that you produce and then how much those individual copies cost. And then as you start to go over your goal amount, you go, okay, well, I can afford to put this much more into each copy. What can I do for that? So then, you know, I add another card into there because I have to pay for the art and then the amount to produce this this additional card Mm -hmm. um, for the additional components. You know, we went from having plastic components to wood components. We went from having a cardboard insert tray to a plastic insert tray. It was really just kind of taking the amount of money that the campaign was going over by and then reinvesting it back into the game. So okay. that's what really that's really what a stretch goal kind of should be if you're doing something like that. It's, gotcha. it's how can I increase the value of this game because I now have more to spend on each individual copy. Got it. So it's it's kind of like how you you know you go from point A to point B and you're you're just building you're you're investing in that project to make it even better down the road. Yeah, so the initial goal amount was, okay, well, I have to pay X amount per copy. I have to pay X for shipping and then X for art and and everything and whatnot. Okay, so this is how much I'm going to need. And then as you're getting more money than that, you can go, okay, well, I can now spend this much on the components. I can spend Mm -hmm. this much on shipping. I can do, you know, different, different things with that. So it's really just pumping it back into what you're working on to begin with. And, and how was the overall experience with it? I mean, does, does Kickstarter, do they help? Do they, like, counsel, or is it just, was it, is it easy to use? I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to use. Again, I was familiar with it, so it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't anything I wasn't, I was going into for the first time. But there are so many projects that are out there, they're not really giving you any sort of assistance with it. Um, if you get lucky, sometimes you get to the point where, They'll put you on the front page as a, you know, an employee pick or something like that, um, which I actually had a friend of mine who helped me with the design on the game. He did a separate similar, um, he ran like a, or he made a game called Goblinville, um, mm-hmm. which just uh, went on Kickstarter. He had it like a $500 goal. He made like $6,000 or something like that because he got an, a staff pick. Oh, wow. He ended up making the front page. So. Okay. He got a lot of uh, a lot of good buzz from that. So, but really, I mean, in terms of just the marketing and everything, it's really on your shoulders. So that's why, you know, I went to, I flew out to New Orleans to go to WrestleCon because I knew that that was where I was going to get the most interest. I mm-hmm. met up with some YouTubers who are very prominent in the wrestling circles, 
uh, and got on their videos, and that's where I kind of got a lot of the interest. You buy advertising through Facebook and Twitter and places like that, so people see that you have a game and they get pointed to it. So you really have to do that yourself. So if you are planning on doing a Kickstarter, and the ones that fail tend to not do this, is you have to put it up and then you have to just market it constantly every day. Mm-hmm. You have to go to people and show them that it's there. Otherwise, nobody's going to find it. And that, that leads in my follow-up question was going to be if you had any advice for a successful Kickstarter, but it sounds like really, you know, that answer kind of beat me to the punch on that one. You really, you can't just, it's not a fire and forget weapon. You can't just throw it out there and think, well, now it's going to run and I'll just sit back and watch it happen. You've got to be doing legwork. You've got to be doing, you know, the, the homework to get it out there. Yeah, I mean, really, you got to be doing the legwork in terms of letting people know that the campaign's coming a month to two months before it even comes out. Mm-hmm. And then once it, once it actually launches, then you're doing work every single day. Uh, you know, I ran my campaign, I think, for a little over a month, uh, and I was doing stuff with it every day in, mm-hmm. terms of, in terms of social media, in terms of I went on radio shows, I went on podcasts, I did interviews. Like, you have to do something every single day you can't just sit there and hope people find it you have to find the specific areas what groups on reddit is this popular with what facebook groups can i can i get on and share this with you know mm-hmm. what ad space can i buy in places to make this worthwhile and then you have to follow up with that for that entire time so people will go and, and check that out like that's all extremely important you have to do a lot of work for that entire campaign especially in that last week like you really got to hustle mm-hmm. that's okay that's good information to have now uh as a curiosity point uh you know we definitely we thank you for donating you know book it to our play and win table we're talking about billy and i already playing around when, when we get a chance to get our hands on it uh, for those of us who are not lucky enough to win a copy, how can we purchase it? Mm-hmm. How would how would the average listener be able to go, okay, I want a copy of this thing? So right now uh, we have copies that are available for pre-order on our website. So the website is foamhammergames.com. So foam like the squishy material, Got hammer it. like the thing you hit people with. Um, foamhammergames.com. Uh, we, have pe- we have it available for pre-order there. Um, we're going to be shipping out copies after uh, this next weekend, so the weekend of April 8th, we'll start shipping out to those people because, you know, again, we're going to be in New York City for WrestleCon and sending them out there. So mm-hmm. that's one way you can play it. Um, if Again, if you're somebody who has Tabletop Simulator for Steam, uh, you can play it for free. Um, just search for Book It on that. There's okay. a digital version of that. If you go to Tabletopia, uh, another online um, board game tabletop sort of style uh, software, uh, you could play it for free there. Um, I I wanted to make sure that people could play this even if they they couldn't either they couldn't afford to pick up a copy or mm-hmm. they didn't have a lot of people to play with. So there's a lot of avenues that you can play this game if you're if you're interested. And I definitely welcome everybody to check it out in whatever way they can or want to. Very cool. Very very cool. And we're going to make sure that those links get yes. on to the boost <clears throat> when we when we launch this podcast Absolutely. coming up. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we're going to have those links out there. So Foam Hammer Games, Tabletopia, and and, Steam. and on Steam you can and so Tabletopia and Steam you can play it for free. That's yeah. I, I can't ask for anything better than that. That's fantastic. You you know you got this great creative idea. You've got people invested in it. You're making it accessible to folks. That's that's like the perfect storm right there. So I wish you a lot of success with that. Um, but my curiosity is this: you know you're the guy who can't sit still. You're always doing something. So my question is, what's next? 
So once we get this this weekend coming up, obviously this is a huge weekend for us. Uh, WrestleCon weekend is always the biggest year, the, always the biggest weekend of the year for us. Um, once we get done with this, uh, it's probably looking towards playing the first expansion for Book It. Um, I have a couple other ideas for other games that are not related to this at all. So start to kind of develop those. Uh, but really, step one is probably going to be working on that first expansion we want to do we have a lot of different ideas mm-hmm. um and they're going to be kind of smaller kind of just individual card packs that we're going to try and keep pretty low cost for us and for the customer okay so working on those there's a lot of ideas we have so it's going to be that and it's going to be building the the new community that's going to come up i'm hoping that there's a lot of people who play this game and get interested in it um we have a really good discord community that is um very into the game and very avid about it so cultivating that community too so there's it's you know even even when this this next weekend is over it it never stops we're gonna we're (laughs) gonna keep going keep going to conventions keep developing products and and keep plugging along i said i'm i'm tired and it literally just hit me you've mentioned wrestlecon and being a big weekend it's wrestlemania weekend that's what's going on down there. that's a thing so are Mm -hmm. are you going to uh wrestlemania the nxt uh takeover will you be in the front row wearing book it t-shirts and banners and things (laughs) to let people know about this game by the time sunday rolls around i will be i'll be driving home and i'll be watching wrestlemania from my couch there it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> WrestleMania is it's one of those things where um, last year in New Orleans we went to the big Ring of Honor show, the Supercard of Honor over there. Had a great time. Um, I've been to NXT shows at the Barclays Center before, so I've done those. Um, I'm actually we're going to a couple smaller shows. I'm actually uh, sponsoring a uh, show down there called uh, A Matter of Pride, which is an LG- LGBT promotion um, that runs awesome. out of New York City, out of Lucky Chang's, which is a famous drag bar in New York City. Um, we're sponsoring nice. them. So I'm going to be there on Thursday night. It's going to be an amazing show. Um, it's going to be a very, very wild evening. So I'm going to be checking that out. I'll probably check out some smaller shows um, because that's, that's kind of where my heart is. So that's the nice thing is that whenever WrestleMania pops up, there's about 20 other smaller shows that pop up around it. So I'm going to probably be running around and checking out a lot of those. And then mm-hmm. Sunday morning rolls around. I'm, I'm going to get my butt home and, and then watch Mania from the comfort of my, uh, of my living room. Will any, will any of the wrestlers from the NXT TakeOver or uh, WrestleMania be at the convention? Can you get, like, Velveteen Dream to wear a bucket T-shirt into the <laughs> ring? Well, unfortunately, WWE runs their own convention yeah. um, called Access. So all of the WWE guys are at that for the whole weekend. But what will happen is that a lot of the independent wrestlers, some of them that these cards are based off of, will be at WrestleCon. I've actually had the chance to meet a couple of them and show them their their doppelgangers in the game, and they've all been uh, very uh, very cool about it and, um, and, and very into it. So... Um, you'll have the chance to, to see them down there. But in terms of WWE, they, they exist in their own little ecosystem and their own little bubble, and it's not really something that's, uh, that's easily penetrated. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true enough. Now, Paul, do you yourself have a website of your own? Uh, I don't have a personal one. Okay. Um, I, I do everything through my business sites. Gotcha. So Foam Hammer Games is the way to get a hold of me. Okay. Um, I have... Uh, I do have a Twitter handle, um, but again, that's if you go to Foam Hammer Games on Twitter. Uh, my info for that is there. Good I don't deal. know if you want to okay. hear 
my my personal ramblings. You're probably just better off following all of my <laughs> professional business channels. Considering what is Not out there on Twitter, I wouldn't mind those kind of ramblings, to be honest with you. Considering, like, seriously, what's what, what, <laughs> have you been out in the Twitterverse lately? Holy Moses, it is a weird, weird place. And that's wild, me saying it. That is me saying it. The man is is <clears throat> excuse me. The man is Paul Laporte. The game is Book It, the wrestler pro, wrestling promoter card game. Uh, get it into your hands. Go play it. Foamhammergames.com. It is on Steam and it is on Tabletopia for free. Uh, support this man. He is worth it. This is going to be cool. I'm looking forward to trying the game out myself at FC3 coming up in mid-April. Thank you for your time, Paul. You were fantastic, and and best of luck to everything's going on in the future for you, man. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. You are very welcome. You have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. You too, guys. And we'll let Tanya go about her business and be right back. Here's how obsessed I was with wrestling action figures when I was a kid. Not only did I look for any available opportunity to get new action figures and bring them into my little wrestling world in my bedroom, but every Christmas, and I'm not making this up, every Christmas, I would go underneath the Christmas tree, and you know those little figures of Jesus and Mary and Joseph? (laughs) Well, I would steal them and bring them into my bedroom and then launch this NWO biblical invasion (laughs) on all of my regular wrestling action figures. And I'd be calling the action, too. I'd be like, Coco, beware, it goes up to the top rope. Well, good Lord Almighty, here comes the three wise men. Oh, my God. They're handing out gifts of gold, frankincense, and whoop-ass. Oh. oh. It's the Bethlehem Wrecking Crew. Folks, we knew Bobby Heenan had something up his sleeve. We didn't think it was going to be this. Oh, my Lord. Somebody just nailed the Deuteronomy driver. And here's the thing, folks. Later on in the evening, my dad would always come up to me and be like, Hey, buddy, I um, just want to ask you about this. Uh, uh, can you please tell me why baby Jesus is wearing the NWA heavyweight title? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd answer in truth. I'd say, well, to be honest with you, Dad, the reason baby Jesus is wearing the NWA title is because he's afraid to give Ric Flair a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. I know it. And the whole damn bedroom knows it, brother. <laughs> Baby Jesus, diamonds are forever. And so is Ric Flair, brother. Woo! Uh, comedian Mike Cody, I thought, was appropriate. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. That was My perfect. Gold frankincense and whoop ass. That's that I'm gonna use that in DD somewhere along the line tonight. I gotta I gotta do that. It's just oh my god, that was awesome. So it's like coming. Goodness. Like a spider monkey, it is coming at you. April 12th, Friday, Friday, Friday. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you only at need the At the Blue edge. Cross Arena. No, this was Actually, at the Blue Cross Firehouse Arena. Firehouse Saloon is Friday night. Oh, that's right. We're doing the kickoff to 2019 FC3 weekend with a party and nerdlesque show with some of your favorite characters appearing on stage. Raffles, trivia, and nerdy burlesque to fill the evening. Headed up by our very own in-studio guest, Evie Delilah. 
<laughs> for a second, Sherry's looking at me like, you're not going to say something. I'm like, oh, Sherry's going to perform, too. No. With special guest Tanya Tassels. For your information, I'm going to be at the airport at that time. <laughs> so, so technically, technically, Chris, you and I are going to be on stage. Yes. We'll just be keeping our clothing For the good on. of the entire community. <laughs> Unlike right now. <laughs> Unlike right now, We're, where nobody can see us. Yes, oh. we have no pants. But this is going to be at the Firehouse Saloon, 814 Clinton Avenue, South Rochester, New York, 14620. Tickets are $8, general admission, 25 VIP, and that includes a seat up front, a complimentary bottle of champagne, and a surprise. And I have seen one of the uh, part of the costume mm-hmm. that, that Evie has posted. To oh, yeah. The, it has to do with Pokeballs. And tassels. You leave my pokeballs alone. Thank you very much. <laughs> but then That's right after that, going. <laughs> the very next day, 12 hours later after the show, oh April 13th and 14th, Flower City Comic Con oh. number four. We are invading Woo! the Blue Cross Arena. Invading is probably the best way <laughs> to describe we're it. Sorry, no. Our top no, guest, we're not. No, no, we're <laughs> no, not. We're not. Even, we're not even thinking about being sorry. Nope. Our top guests of honor are Yellow Power Rangers, Tracy Lynn Cruz, Nakia Barice, and Karen Ashley. Wrestler hacksaw Jim Duggan and actor Michael Bean round off the media panel. Comic artist Rusty Gilligan and Steve Geiger will be on board as well. Courtesy of Broken Icon Comics, we're also welcoming comic artist Rob Dumo, Nick Wetland, and Tristan Kelly. When you add in artists Caitlin Yarsky, Nigel Carrington, and Ken Wheaton, we've got a full, full weekend of fun, madness, and merriment coming at you. Full throttle, number four. And Flower if you City need Comic-Con. me, I will be at the Broken Icon <coughs> Icon Comics table. Snuggling the Dumo baby? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we know that. Because yes. she's got old lady baby fever. Uh, that, that's where I'm going to be. That's a thing. I'm, I'm sorry, Jess, but I'm coming <clears throat> to steal that baby for a little while. I don't think she's going to mind too much. She's going to use the break, and she yeah. knows it'll be a safe hands with you. So yes. it's, it's a little girl, right? Yes. Gabby. 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 Oh, she's adorable. <laughs> she is. Well, all, all babies are little cute little chunkers. But anyway. <laughs> hey, Monk. Yes. Would you like to be part of the FC3 Monkey Business and Mighty Monkey Corporation experience? I mean, I already am, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more, young lady. There are a few ways of doing that. Do you have a list of that so you can read that off to somebody because it's your turn? I do. All right. Tell me about the first thing. She is excited. (laughs) Okay. The first is to become a sponsor. We have sponsorship levels of all kinds. And are even willing to create custom sponsorship packets. Please contest at sponsorship at fc3roc.org. And I can let you know that a couple of our sponsors are returning sponsors of Selena's and Knox. Awesome. Beautiful. Yes. Hey, Tony. Jawohl. What's the next way that somebody could be part of the Mighty Monkey experience? Well, I'm glad you asked. The next <laughs> He's been dying to do this all week. The price is right, sounds like. Come on down. <laughs> the next is by supporting us on Patreon. Patreon is a way to support people who are creating the things you love. Please check us out at www.patreon.com slash FC3ROC. All membership levels will include access to the Patreon-only blog, plus tons of great perks at all levels. Special shout-out to our See No Evil p- uh, tier p- Patreons, James Irish and Jen Bevan. Tony Picado will be available for voiceover work. I am his agent. You come to me first. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tanya. Yes. Hey, Tanya, do you want to help us find the show? Absolutely. Do it up. 
uh, please leave us a review We're in, at, wherever and whenever you listen to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Listen Notes. Hey, is that new? Listen Notes is new? Listen Notes is new and TuneIn is new. So is Blueberry. Oh, Blueberry. Blueberry. YouTube and Stitcher. Is there a place you find your podcasts and you cannot find FC3 Monkey Business? Oh, please let us know and we will make sure that we get it back so you can listen to us. Now, that's cool because tune in, you can do that on your Alexa. Yes. Because I can do a lot of things. Like I say, Alexa, play CNN. And she goes, mm-hmm. getting CNN from TuneIn. So I would then go, Alexa, play FC3 Monkey Business. Yes. And she would start firing back with my own episodes. Yes. <laughs> on my Alexa. I think Alexa also will do Spotify. That is Brain numbing. And I Heart Radio, which I hear is a fabulous company. (laughs) 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 Yes. No, we did. We did. We get on a couple of extra ones. Tune in. uh, Listen notes. Blueberry. Um, And if you find that you're having trouble finding our newest episodes, uh, when we switched from one, when we switched from Spreaker to Transistor, transistor, um, a lot of sites still have us both of them up. Okay. But the the Spreaker one is not currently up. Updating. Not updating the new episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for, don't look for the FC3 picture. Look for the picture of the mighty, of the mighty monkey house media corporation. Okay. The logo for the media, the yes. multimedia division. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Hey, um, tell us a little bit more about Twitter. Twitter. I yeah. love Twitter. I know you love Twitter. Twitter's awesome. It's you can strange. find us on Twitter. It's There's a strange and unique place. search on Twitter. I'm like, I don't know how to search for anything. <laughs> Please follow us on Twitter at FC3MB podcast. And if you do, please say hi. We love it when you say hi. And chances are, we'll say hi back. Yeah, exactly. Because we're that socially depraved. (laughs) (laughs) But it was deprived. That too. I'm depraved on the count. I'm deprived. I don't know. I have a hard time searching for anything other than Google, except for stuff on the Google Drive. (laughs) That's true. All right. So, Billy Billy. Yes. Question of the week time. Okay. Coming your way. I'll do my best. What historical event or events do you think deserve their own movie that haven't had one already and why? I put some thought into this. Okay. And the creation of Marvel Comics. Nice. Oh, that's cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, it is. Stan Lee will have a cameo. <laughs> yeah, it's a god of thing. Played by Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> but the, there's, a, there's a really good book called Marvel, The Untold Story, uh-huh. which I think could be turned into... An a actual, movie or uh-huh. a documentary. Now, or, does it involve what they were timely comics and became Marvel? Yeah, okay. through, through the history, but a lot of it spent on the really important time of the 60s mm-hmm. where you know everything blew up from yeah. Fantastic Four to Spider-Man the and all the age. characters you love and up through the 70s. And and I, I think a movie should be made about the history of Marvel comics. I, I think agree. that's a fantastic idea and very, very appropriate for the current mm-hmm. culture. Of course. Anthony. Uh, Anthony sto- Ezekiel Baquetta. That's not my middle name. I don't care. It, it is, is now. now. Okay. It is now. <laughs> uh, the story of Whittled, or sorry, Vittled uh, Pilecki. Uh, he was the he was a um, uh, Polish soldier, a okay. Polish hero actually um, uh-huh. during World War Two. Okay. Um, he he was actually the first person to uh, report on the uh, condition at uh, Birkow and. Uh, Auschwitz. So he was kind of like the Bob Woodard of his day. He he broke the story open. Yeah, and then after the war, he was uh, executed by the uh, Polish uh, Communist Party. Oh, nice. Well, that's yeah. a, a great thank you for for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, young lady, Ms. Metris over there. 
Should I skip you for a moment or five? Uh, like the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I'm not a big history fan, so therefore it's like... Is there one thing, though? Is there you one know, thing that, that I, you I haven't think, seen in a movie? I think the historical event is... Um, Hitler has to have learned from Napoleon not to invade Russia <laughs> because Napoleon. I got that lesson from Vicini. <laughs> because Napoleon did it, didn't wasn't really successful. Yeah. And then so many years, uh, decades later, yeah. Hitler did the same thing and didn't never succeed. get into a land war in Asia. Yeah, so, <laughs> so something Asia, yes. along that line is why do you not invade Russia going through Ukraine? Yeah. it's like the whole about, history of playing risk just, or something. How about just not invading Russia in the winter? Yeah, there's Isn't a thing. Isn't most of the Russia covered? Most of Russia is in winter. <laughs> winter time. Yeah, even winter the southern reaches of Russia. Yeah. has stayed for yeah. Well, whatever. the thing is, like, the Mongolians were able to do it, but the Mongolians were coming from the other end. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were coming yeah. from farther north. <laughs> yes. They came in from the backside. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Little so. Miss Monk, do you have a, an answer for our question of the week? Surprisingly, yes. Yes, oh, I do. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I. Does it involve roller derby? No, it okay. does not. Okay. It actually it brings me back to my world history class, my sophomore year of high school. Okay. I read a book on uh, gays during World War II. Uh huh. The those who went and were put into trans- concentration camps. Okay. I would like to know more. I would like to see that as an actual thing. Okay. Go through and see where this went. Okay. So like a diary of Anne Frank, but from the perspective of a homosexual during World War II. Yes. In it was mildly touched on in To Be or Not To Be, uh-huh. Mel Brooks' movie To Be or Not To Be, okay. which is one of his more serious films. Right. Um, it was touched on that, that that gays actually also had, mm-hmm. they had to wear um, pink triangles. Yep. Okay. Three inches uh, wide, if I remember correctly. Yep. I remember that as well. All right. Producer Sherry. I have two. You have two? I have two. Uh-huh. Go for it. First one, the Great Australian Emu War. Oh my God, yes! <laughs> oh my God, absolutely! What? In, 19, in 1932, and and the emus won. And they won, yes. In 1932, okay. when um, the Australian soldiers were returning from uh, from war, they were given land in different it, parts of Australia, in various places. But these were these were un, uninhabited by people. There was about 200,000 giant flightless birds, and they were decimating crops. They were tearing down fences. It was amazing. So the <laughs> the military decided, okay. We're going to go to war with we're the gonna emus. We're going to go to war with the emus, and they used machine guns to do it, and the emus one. Yes. They figure ab- only about 300 emus were, were actually, actually killed. killed. During a two-year campaign, and you know, it just it, there are so many stories that come out of that cr- that country. And and Monk shared a, a, a one with me uh, via text recently. And, and the only thing I can say is just Australia. <laughs> oh, so God. yes, I think there needs to be a movie about the Great Australian Emu, Emu War. War. What was it on the Wikipedia page? They uh, they actually say. Um, Mission failure, emus persisted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's They're awesome. vicious little suckers. I mean, in, awesome. my, in my next life, I want to be Australian. That's all I got to say. Is just I thought you were going to say you wanted to be an emu. <laughs> no, well, 
Maybe an I emu. I want to be the emu. They're I'm, almost bulletproof. They're I, I want to I mean, be an Australian emu then. Their feathers are so thick, they're uh-huh. almost bulletproof, bulletproof, which is one of the reasons why they couldn't this kill them the with machine guns. This is the secret weapon of Australia is the <laughs> mutant <laughs> emu. Modern emus will actually come up behind uh, humans and just start and peck them on the back and then just run away. <laughs> yeah. They're I good like, at guerrilla tactics is what you're mean. saying. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I like to think it's that's their... Uh, that's their um, Tag, you're it. <laughs> <laughs> that's their uh, reward for winning the emu war. They yes, just walk it. up to people, and peck them on the back, and, and run, run away. <laughs> Backstab. Okay, so the second one the second is one. there was this woman. She was Princess Olga. Okay. Of Kiev, uh-huh. and she was uh, she ruled in the early 900s. Okay. Like 932, I think she took uh-huh. when her husband was killed by the Drevelians. It sounds like a, a Star Trek alien, doesn't it? Though seriously, so they they had a three year old son, so she was she would become the regent until mm-hmm. their son reached his majority and the 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 drevlians did not like that idea at all so Uh they said you need to marry our prince and then our prince will rule over kiev okay so she said okay um yeah no i'm not real fond of this idea so they sent 20 of their best men Mm -hmm. to kiev to um convince her Mm -hmm. and she welcomed them and everything was good and she gave she she's like oh you need to get cleaned up before dinner put them in the bathhouse Locked the doors and set the bathhouse on fire. <laughs> Burned it to the ground. <laughs> okay, but wait. Uh, there's more. Nice. <laughs> After that, she invited all the Drev- the Drevlians to the funeral feast for mm-hmm. her husband. Okay. They sent 5,000 men uh-huh. to it. Uh-huh. Um, and once they were all well drunk, she had all of her soldiers kill all 5,000 <laughs> Drevlians. Drevelians. Isn't that the, I, I think it's Drevlian. Uh, let me see. Yeah, Drevlians. Yeah. Now that Wasn't I'm like the... that the basis for the Red Feast in uh, Game of Thrones? Pretty much. <laughs> you never know. Pretty much. Okay, The Red so, Wedding. But, wait. There's, There's more. more. <laughs> oh, it just keeps going. And, and, and now who would be playing this princess? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we have to cast that by the end of this conversation. Yes. Okay, go so ahead. So the last piece of this is um, she laid siege uh-huh. to their city, okay, to their their, their capital city, uh-huh. and she was winning, and she said, okay, I will go away, but you need to do one thing for me. I want a, I want three pigeons and three sparrows from each house. Mm-hmm. From every single house in the city, I want three pigeons and three sparrows. Pigeons were kept as food birds. Yeah. Everyone had their own pigeon coats. Uh-huh. Uh, C-O-T-E. <laughs> yes, I, I figured. Yeah. Um, and and sparrows were very common in that area, and house sparrows, they they uh, nest under the eaves right. of the houses. So she then took these birds, and she gave them to her soldiers, who then tied, attached a thread to each bird with a piece of sulfur bound with small pieces of cloth sent them on fire, and released the birds. Oh, no. Who then returned to their, to their homes nests. and burned down the entire city. Oh, my God. <laughs> this lady was not to be messed with in any way, shape, or form. Damn. She needs a movie. She, she needs truly a movie. needs a movie. And, and I see who I would like to cast as, as this person. Are you ready for this? I think Miley Cyrus. Really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Really? No. Um, I'm t- I'm thinking along the lines of more along the lines of like Catherine Winnick, 
or uh, or Judy Dench, even depending on how old this this person. Oh, she was. would have to be a lot younger if she has a three year old son. Okay, so, okay, so Catherine so Winnick. I would think like Felicity thinking, Jones. Felicity Jones is also a possibility there. I, I I want somebody who looks really really sweet, but is just, and that's why nobody. Margot Robbie expects no. anything. No. <laughs> no. Um, what's who? her? Jayla. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. I'm thinking about the girl who plays uh, who plays Felicity in Arrow. Okay. Oh, okay. Emily Beth Rickard. Emily, yes. 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 I, couldn't you see her doing it? Oh my it? God! Yes. <laughs> couldn't you see her with doing a smile it? on her face? Yes. Um, and the best part of this story? Uh huh. She's a saint. Nice. She has been sainted. <laughs> She's been canonized by her church. That's she has phenomenal. been because she was one of the first Christian rulers of Russia. I um. My turn. My turn. Your turn. There was an anecdote that was sent to me by a friend of mine uh, many, many years ago, and I thought it was hilarious. It'd be a great little meme kind of a thing. Uh, but then suddenly uh, it was confirmed not by one, but by two separate history professors that I've been friends with over the years. There was an occasion back in the medieval times where the Vikings invaded England for no other reason than they had run out of ale. <laughs> I want a movie of that. of that event. I want a movie of that. I want everything <laughs> that led up to it. I want to lead. I want to see the battle, and I want to see the after party. That's <laughs> all right. They use, we'll use the cast of Vikings, and we'll mix in. You know, we'll we'll mix in uh, the Animal House. That's all I can think of. It sounds right like now. a Monty Python. It really does, doesn't it? Does. it? <laughs> the Vikings invaded England for no other reason that they had run out of ale. That was it. I want a movie of that. Nice. That's hilarious. Very nice. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah. I also, there, there's also a, a, a deep-seated need to, I've seen many dramatizations of it, but I want to see The Death of Rasputin as played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say, hasn't he like died in like 20 other million movies? And the, yeah, but back, they like, never really do Anastasia? it justice. They never, they never really do it justice. <laughs> I think Anastasia was the best version of it because they get the bat. And I'll kick her. So, you know. And I just love who voiced Rasputin. Who voiced Anastasia. Rasputin? Um, what's his name? Uh, oh, great. No, I'm totally blanking on his Hold name. On. All right. Tiny's going to prolong it. No, no. no. It, you'll, you'll know him. It was the, the guy who played the professor in the Back to the Future movies. Oh, Christopher oh, Lloyd. Christopher yeah. Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I remember he that. Voiced, yeah. He his voiced voice. him. I remember the voice yep. now. As opposed to Russell Johnson, the man who played the professor in Gilligan's Island. There it is. <laughs> there man, it I is. love Chris Lloyd. Yep. We should get him. We should. We should, get we should get He's still there, alive, there right? Have, yeah. There are like a ton of familiar voices in there. Meg Ryan with yep. Anastasia, John, right. Cusack. John Cusack, yeah. Kelsey, um, Kelsey Grammer. Yes. Oh no, that was who played the um... Bartok was Hank Azaria. Yep. Uh -huh. Bernadette yep. Peters was Sophie. Mm -hmm. Chris Vladimir. Kirsten Vlad. Dunst was young Anastasia. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Um, the Dowager Empress Marie was Angela. Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Yeah. This was one of Lana's favorite oh movies. Oh, it was a great movie. It was I Jules's love this too. Movie. Jules loved it. Love this movie. So what do you say we pack it in for the week, huh? Sure. I loved this episode. This was a good one. This I was did. a lot of fun. And this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you April 13th and 14th at the Blue Cross Arena. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us wherever we go. We will lead you to where the entertainment is. This has been April the gang. April 13th and 14th. April 13th and 14th. This has been the gang, and we love you. We miss you. We can't wait to see you again next week, and you have a great one. Yahoo! <laughs> dun, dun. dun.